2: You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves, the Paddle and Fin Podcast, with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Laverne. welcome back to bass fishing for noobs on the paddle and finn podcast i'm ryan we got Sean in here hey guys and today once again another episode just me and sean you know these are the best episodes because you get to hear us talk <laughs> a lot <laughs> um but yeah me and sean are just going to talk about how our fishing's been going lately and you know We were planning on this and today had, uh, some pretty big events for me out on the water (laughs) that kind of, you know, uh, some good topics for this subject, (laughs) but, uh, how you doing, Sean?
1: I'm hanging in there. Um, this whole, uh, getting ready to be a teacher thing has been, um, exhausting, uh, to say the least, but, uh, I'm working through it and, um excited to get started uh so um, other than that um, i haven't had a ton of time to fish but i did get out yesterday for a while and actually did pretty well so i was pretty happy about that
2: yeah so you got you a decent decent one out there still catching some catfish but
1: yeah and it- not yesterday wasn't as bad I, I caught like maybe two two catfish and more bass and actually uh it was funny the one place. Uh, where I fish there's a restaurant that um, a lot of times people have weddings there because it's right on the bank of the river and it's a pretty nice restaurant so right at the place I caught my biggest fish yesterday I caught like a 15-incher then maybe two minutes later I caught a 13-incher and right about that time the they I could see there was a tent set up and there was people there and right about after I caught that second fish like the wedding started going off and I was kind of right in the background like I could see they were <laughs> facing the river so I was like "Ah, oh, this is where they are but I felt really awkward sitting there in the middle background of their wedding so I paddled further away even though that's where I was you catching know, fish you <laughs>
2: know 10 years from now they're going to look at their wedding photos and be like look at this random kayaker out here you know photo bomb in our, our wedding pictures
1: <laughs> that was totally me and i i felt so awkward so i just i paddled out of there and i didn't do bad other places but that definitely was where they seemed to be so uh
2: yes yeah, about so, you yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i hadn't been out in like two or three weeks and uh y'all you know, wanted to get out so I went out on Duck River again today, this morning um, started off pretty slow um yeah, I'll just go over the day um, yeah, started off slow Let's See I see it, it was like two or three hours before I caught my first fish caught a spot um then I caught a, a little small smallmouth and uh it, it was bad hook penetration on him and you know, I'm I'm hoping he's not blind, but you know, it was right there the eye socket. I did everything I could to, you know, try to save him. I, I, I hate when that happens, like gosh. Uh, it eats at me, that yeah. kind of stuff.
1: But I've seen some pretty fat fish with one eye, so I think uh, they can still work around that somewhat. So. Hopefully, if, if
2: hope, well, hopefully, you know, he can still see out of it. Right. But If not, you know, hopefully he's still able to manage. Um. But yeah, so I wasn't having the greatest luck. You know, I caught a couple one couple. They they weren't very big. Um. You know, I decided, you know, me and a buddy had talked about throwing, like, a Helgramite Ned Rig, and uh, I had bought some a while back, but I'd never used them. I bought some of the, I think it's called, like, Lunk Hunter. Lunker company. Hunt? Company. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's right. Anyways, I, I got some <laughs> little Helgramite. Uh, now it's going to eat at me with this... Maybe Lunk City. Either way, got a little Helgrimite Ned rig things, and uh, my buddy is talking about how like he was catching all kinds of fish on it on his river, uh, or on a similar like a Helgramite lure. Okay. And uh, you know, bunch of small ones, but you know, he was catching a bunch of fish. So I was like, let me try this. So I'm up against like a rock wall. It's kind of still water. Casting out there, I figured it probably wouldn't be any smallmouth out there, but you know, figure maybe a decent spot or something like that would be out there. And all of a sudden, something bit, and I set the hook, and I this thing started to take me for a sleigh ride. This, hey, you know. I, I was using uh, a medium rod on like ten pound test, so it wasn't like as light as it could be to make it really fun, but it was still pretty fun, you know. It's bending my rod way over, and I'm like, man, I, I got a big fish on here, and it was a big fish, but uh, <laughs> it surfaced and realized that it wasn't a bass, you know. It's a, it's a drum, or I, I guess it's a drum. I never caught one before, but uh. It, it was a um, a big one. <laughs> it was it a was good size, yeah, but man, it, it it pulled the kayak a little bit, and you know I had to, you know, finesse it a little bit to get it in. Um, I use a cheap net that I got for like fifteen bucks on Amazon, and you know for bass it's been fine. You know it's the uh, rubberized netting and all that. Okay. But uh, it's like pretty much the right perfect size that I wanted. And I'm a cheapskate, so I went with it. And it's been fine for bass. I've never had an issue. It bent my <laughs> my net. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and so I had to sit there for a minute and, like, look in its mouth because I didn't know if it had teeth or what. Yep. <laughs> because yep. I've, never, I've never caught one. And I didn't have my fish grips or anything. And, you know, I finally realized it didn't have any teeth. And, you know, I pulled Pulled it out of the net. I put it on my board. I think it measured twenty-three and a quarter. It was a big old fish. It was heavy too. I didn't have a scale. I wish I could have weighed it. It was a heavy fish. But uh, tossed it back. You know, I fished a little bit more. You know, went on up and everything, and finally decided I needed to turn around because you know we had planned to record this this afternoon. So I was like, well, I need to start heading back so I can be back in time. Well, I'm coming back down through. You know, I'm moving kind of quick. You know, I'm fishing at the same time. Uh, well, I, I actually, I, I think before that drum, I did catch a rock bass too. So, and it was it was like an eight inch rock bass, so it it wasn't one of the little tiny ones, but it was decent. But uh, so. Okay, so I'm coming down river just turn I, around, right? Yeah. Yeah. I man, I turned around. I'd went like half a mile since I turned around. A half mile back down river. Cuz I I went up probably 2 miles, maybe a little more, something like that. um so I'm coming down about to go through this current. And yeah, I'm start going through it. You know, it's not like super fast and all that, but it's pretty, it's pretty steady moving. Um, but I'm trying to cast and everything. Well, at the end of this section where it's like it's got fast current, there's a tree laid over, and like all the roots and the dirt and everything are sticking up flat like a wall. Okay. Well, over to the you know, I've gotta to go to the right of it. To the left of it, it's like a little hole. It's almost like kinda of like an eddy right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if there's a fish sitting in there. So I got kinda of greedy, kinda of stupid. And I cast over into uh, that area. I'm like, I'm gonna work this real quick, then I'll grab my paddle and I'll turn myself and so I I cast it, I'm working it and you know I'm getting really close to this tree so I'll reel in real quick set my rod down in front of me grab my paddle start paddling while I'm not turning uh like as fast as I'm wanting to yeah you know? mm-hmm. and so I go, like like into the tree my or my rod sticks through the roots I'm like oh crap my rod's gonna break um so like I reach down and gr- I was like, I, I'm just going to, you know, hit the tree. Worst gets scenario, I'm just going to hit it and, you know, pull my rod out and then push myself off and go on down. Well, I I don't know. It, it happened so fast. Um, I believe I hit and then tried to pull my rod out. And kind of at the same time, all of a sudden, it just, my kayak just flipped, completely flipped over. Mm-hmm and uh man i've I've heard it a ton i've heard brian say it on the og show a thousand times like it ain't a matter of if you're gonna flip it's a matter of when and you know i i guess i was kind of cocky and i was like i really don't see that happening to me because you know i'm usually pretty smart about that kind of stuff and uh all that but it happened and it happened fast and man so i was in i was able to stand up i was in you know probably probably mid middle of my stomach probably about how deep it was so i was able to stand up you know i'm still in some good moving water um my paddles trying to float away i watched my pack of kitex that i had sitting under my seat that i was using float away uh, my kayak's completely flipped over it's completely upside down i had to flip it. it wasn't the funnest thing to do but i was able to do it um i did snap my rod that was in there and that's my favorite rod and i've only had it like a couple months so that really sucks but uh so my other three rods you know i keep them horizontal in uh some rod holders i made out of pvc on my crate well you know they all stayed in there surprisingly but i did I, i do keep those floats on my rods just in case they ever fall out or anything right so wasn't really first priority my paddle was trying to float away um my fish finder that's on you know I, I have it on a yak attack fish finder mount it got jerked out of the gear track like the base and all
1: wow.
2: and you know it was holding on by the cord um, and I'm not sure if it's going to work right or not because I don't have a battery anymore. Surprisingly no. enough, I don't know how it happened. I keep my battery under my seat. Well, I have to like finesse it to get it under there, but somehow it came out whenever it flipped. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel really bad about that because now there's a battery in the river somewhere. I, I, I looked and looked, couldn't find it. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, you know, when I got my new kayak, you know I was kind of lazy. I didn't put my uh, tether for my catchboard on, uh, on my kayak, and I've been like just going out there without it. Well, last night I was like, hey, let me put this on there. And thankfully I did. Wow. Because I would have lost it if I wouldn't have. Um, I lost, you know, I, I use like the small boxes. I'm not sure what the no- size is for the number and all that, but, uh, yeah, I, all of them stay in my crate, except for one, my go-to box, you know, bite FD has slots on both sides where you can put one of those. And I always put my go-to box over here on the left side. One's was easily accessible Two makes it easier when i go to put a fish on the board the board can set up against that box okay but uh it's gone Uh, um i got the uh, yak attack uh cup holder and it's more like a bait holder like it that's where i when i change lures a lot of time they get thrown in there um it's probably a couple jackhammers in there a couple jigs a uh, few odd and in other things, they're all gone. Uh, not to mention, you know, there was one or two jackhammers or or other chatterbaits in that go-to box. <clears throat>
3: um,
2: so, yeah, I probably lost. I, I lost over $100 worth of lures today. Plus um, a rod. Yep, yeah, $150 rod. Uh, battery. Just battery ain't that bad you know i made a custom-made box and you know it a 30 dollars battery and so you know
1: that's still definitely an expensive
2: trip yeah yeah well i don't i still don't know how expensive it is because my water resistant iphone apparently wasn't too water resistant and you know it's a it's on rice right now because it, it went off and wouldn't come back on now right before we came out here to record it was starting to light up with a little apple symbol and then it shut back off and then a couple seconds later it come back on for a few seconds and then shut back off so i think it's trying to do it but uh and then you know i i i vape and uh yeah it got submerged and it's on rice right now too
1: and uh yeah, that's so, yeah. heart heartbreaking. <laughs> Have you ever flipped? Uh, only on per. Oh, well, I went out with the intention of flipping and flipped before I intended to. Um, it was when I first got my kayak, uh, my original kayak, my Wilderness Systems Tarpon 100, and um, I went out empty, with uh, except for my paddle, and with the expectation of flipping when I got back to the boat, just so I could practice getting in. But I ended up upriver and the the wind picked up and the current picked up and it it flipped me early um but luckily i i was kind of ready for it because i didn't have anything i purposely went out empty so that i would not lose anything so
2: and you know i've heard people talk about doing that so many times but i haven't done it and you know i i've thought about it but you know it's like if i'm gonna go to the water i want to fish you
1: know yep now i kind of wish i'd done it um i yeah. i haven't done it in my i didn't do it in my kusa and i didn't do it in the hobie yet so it's definitely that's i probably should go try it so yeah
2: yeah i'd recommend it because when you're when you do it with all your gear in there um i don't know it happened so fast that when i came I I, I went fully underwater. When I came back up, it kind of took me a few seconds to grasp what all was going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at some stuff trying to float away, some stuff trying to sink, and my kayak's upside down. And, you know, I was wearing my life jacket like I always do. And, you know, I just, I don't, it, it didn't scare me at the time. Like I wasn't scared when it happened, but afterwards got to thinking about like the what ifs. Like, mm-hmm. what if I didn't have a life jacket on and I'm in that current? What if it would have like, I would have got swept away or something like that and wasn't able to get. You know, yeah, I was able to stand there, but
1: you know, oh yeah, what, I if, mean, what if that's if because
2: it was, it was my upper body was lifted up so my feet could go down? Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean.
1: Right, or with trees and roots and stuff. There's all sorts of things you can get your foot trapped in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just crazy stuff.
2: But uh, yeah, it it took me a second to like get my thoughts together and like grab my kayak and throw it over and flip it, and uh, then I had to. I was like trying to remember everything that I had, so I could remember know what all was missing and all that and trying to put everything together. I start after I finally, everything that I had there after I got it all situated, you know, I'm trying to hold my kayak in this current and fill with my feet, try to find the stuff that I lost. And, uh, and my lure was still stuck in those roots of that tree and half of my rod was still stuck in it. Um, The other half of the rod was, just sitting there uh, in the water. But so I you got the
1: reel back? Yeah. At least? Yeah. Okay. Well oh, that's good.
2: Yeah, I just went over there and I cut the line and grabbed both pieces of the rod and everything. Um, man it, it's really made me you know, it's really making me like think about stuff like that I, I don't usually tether that maybe need some type of restraint like the battery
1: mm-hmm.
2: or you know figure out a way to restrain like my
1: go-to box up there in the front well you're making me think uh like i've been paddling on the river because it's so low and uh so i take my hobie drive out and i kind of just put the fins under my seat and have the the pedal parts kind of in between my legs but i don't tether it there Um and i've t- thought about getting like a never lost tether or something for it i know you know, there's plenty out there, and I keep thinking about that every time I go out. I'm like, man, if I flip, I could lose this drive. And I'm like, eh. That's I mean, really
2: expensive.
1: <laughs> it is. So, you know, now now you're making me. I think I might uh, go place an order for a never lost tether for my drive because they have nice little hooks right there under, kind of by the bottom of your seat that you can uh, you can hook a tether to easy. And then I know if I flip, it's not going anywhere. So.
2: Yeah, that uh, that's not a bad idea, because no. that would probably make your trip like three <laughs> times as
1: as expensive as mine. <laughs> I, I don't know oh, what do those drives go for. Nate? I think like eight hundred. I think is okay. what I'm thinking. So, but I, I don't know for sure. But for a forty dollar tether or however much it or twenty dollar tether, however much it would be, even I mean, you know, rope or paracord would be something. Yeah,
2: any, anything that'll hold it. Yeah. You know, most of my tethers, honestly, are, uh, I think they're called like, they're a company called like Barracuda or something. I don't know. You get them at Walmart. And it's these like the spiral telephone style cord. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just these cheap little tethers. I think they're like five bucks for two of them. And that's what I use on most everything. Now, I've I've often wondered like, how strong they actually are but they he- it held my catchboard. so okay you know everybody Man. complains about how heavy those catchboards are they're not really that heavy to me but you know they they, they do have some weight to them and they held that
1: and that's one nice thing about my crappy hog trough that I have or whatever <laughs> brand it is it does have uh, foam insulation in it so it should float but uh, yeah. still waiting to get my uh my catchboard. So. But, Did you uh, have how how getting back into your kayak go? Like I know when I first slipped, I uh, when I like we were talking about, I had this moment of panic, like holy crap, and I, I, I threw myself up on the front and I actually went over the other side and rolled it again. You know, just because I was trying to get up so fast, I slammed my knee onto my uh, fishing rod holder too and had a huge uh, like a lump on my leg where I bruised it. And then, um, when I was in the water the second time, I was like, just chill out. Everything's here. You're, you're, you know, you have your life jacket on, you know, just calm down. And then I was able to get back in. But that first initial panic that I had trying to get in quick, I just went right over the other side and, or I pushed too much and rolled it the other way. So.
2: See, I didn't have that panic because I stayed, you know, I, I got everything situated and I stayed in the water for a little bit, trying to find stuff that I'd lost. So, you know, I wasn't in a rush to get back in like that. But when I did try it, it, I, you know, I started in that water, you know, it was halfway up my, my stomach and tried to jump up in there and, I, it was about to tip back over on me, so I got back off, and uh, I pulled it up to the other side of that tree that was laying down that I hit. Um, yeah, I decided to kind of look for the battery and stuff some more, and I didn't find it, but on the other side of that tree, you know, it was more like waist deep or so, okay. so then i was able to just kind of step into the kayak um but yeah i I was kind of wondering about that because you know i've heard a lot of people talk about
1: how reentry is kind of a pain especially if you can't don't have you can't touch it's it, it makes a world of difference
2: yeah see i could touch and it you know it was rough yeah until i got over to a little bit shallower water
1: uh, that was, that was even in, I, in that kayak class that I took, we, we practiced in water that we couldn't touch. And, um, but just in that heat of that moment, I, I, I panicked. So it's, it's definitely something good to practice because until it happens, you know, knowing at least what to do, I, like, I knew what to do. I knew like they had taught us how to, to flip your kayak. The easiest way is just to swim to the one end of it. And then you can just roll it. And, or like, you know, i've seen people in like videos with hobies where they just grab the fins and pull pull on the fins to get it to flip now if you don't have the fins in it's a little different but um. see i didn't even
2: think about that i probably could have you know grabbed my drive and and did that but like i just kind of the side beside me i just kind of grabbed it and threw it over but as far as getting on it it also made me think like i really need to lose all the some of this weight that i gain because trying to throw 270 pounds up onto a kayak
1: (laughs) it's it's it's, kind of rough well, if you need some uh, weight loss, I recommend uh, starting or attempting to teach because I've lost. I think I'm down to 155 now. And I think it's mostly stress. So,
2: <laughs> dude, I haven't been 155 since like the seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but uh, well, that's crazy, man. And yes. I. I I know i asked you before the show does it give you any does it take away your confidence at all in the kayak or i know you you know we you talked about it's not going to make you quit but i know once i rolled my tarpon i was like hmm that was that rolled pretty easy and that's when i started looking for something wider something more stable
2: Well, see the bite fd it's, it's a pretty wide kayak. i think what is it 35 or 36 okay. inches wide so it's pretty wide it's It's a stable kayak. This this wasn't the fault of the kayak. This was my fault. It was my stupidity and my greediness wanting to get that last cast up in there that caused this. You know, I could have easily maneuvered my way uh, around that tree had I not wanted to get that last cast in there. Mm -hmm. It was completely my fault. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I feel like pretty much any kayak you put it in the if you put it in the wrong position, you know, it it can flip on you. Oh yeah. I mean, you can put a blue sky in the wrong situation and it'll dump you out. Maybe slightly different circumstances than this one here, but there are circumstances where it's going to happen. So I'm, it hasn't like thrown my confidence in the kayak. Um, I'm not going to quit kayaking because of it. You know, I I still love it. You know, it, if anything, I'm just going to learn from it and, you know, take that forward and try to be a little bit smarter about, you know, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it, it you know, all that stuff. That I lost or broke, it can be, you know, it, you can lose anything. It, it materialistic things you can lose those at any time, but the wisdom that I've learned from this experience, you know, I'll keep that with me for the rest of my life. Right. So, yeah, definitely gonna when I get another battery, I'm gonna find a way to keep it strapped down. Um. Which I never, I never would have thought that it would have came out from under that seat because, like I said, I got to kind of finesse it to get it to fit up under there.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wedge a lot of stuff under my seat, um, and that's kind of why you know when I put the fins under there when I'm when I have my drive out, I'm like, yeah, it'll hold it. But you never know; moving water can do crazy things. So, uh, well, water anyway, but especially moving water. I was
2: very surprised. I keep a bag with all my soft plastics. I keep it on top of my crate with just like a bungee cord. over top. Oh, that's another thing. I lost, I lost a, a ratchet strap because I, I used uh, my ratchet strap with my cart to wheel it down to the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just took the ratchet strap and like threw it in the back of the kayak and it's gone, which is and a big deal. I've got several of them.
1: What do you do but, with your uh, cart? Do you put your cart inside?
2: I, no. Uh, BITE FD don't have any
1: oh, hat, okay.
2: in-hole access. So what I did, I put it in the front, and, you know, the built-in bungee cords that come on the kayak, yeah, I slid the wheel under it uh, so it wouldn't fall off. So Yeah, I still got my cart. Good. But, uh... What was I saying? Oh, my soft plastics bag right. that I have. It's basically like a cheap tackle bag you get at Walmart. It holds like three of the smaller boxes for whatever it is. I put all my soft plastics in there, put it on top of my crate, and it's like just a bungee cord that I got over top of it to keep it from falling off. Surprisingly, that held up, and you know, it never came off. That probably would have made me very sad if I would have lost. Hopefully, it would have floated with all those soft plastics, but
1: man, depending what kind of a bag it is too, if it holds any kind of air, a lot of times they do float. But well, it's a cheap bag, so it probably would have lit a little water, let <laughs> lit a lot of water in. But uh...
2: yeah, that, there's a lot of soft plastics in that bag,
1: so it's making me think about what I don't tether, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, I have my, I have floats on my rods and I usually, but not always, I have a zippered, like I have a kayak or a crate, uh, bag that I got on Walmart that actually the crate sits down into it and then it zippers closed around the top. Um, but usually if I'm, if I get anything out of it, I don't zipper it until I'm headed back in because zippering and unzippering, it's kind of a pain. So, um, that definitely... Um,
2: I'm pretty bad about that too, with that soft plastics bag. like if I get something out, I won't zip it all the way back up, but i I don't think I'd even pulled anything out of there. I think I pretty much already had everything I has using, so it was still zipped up but that's that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this you know tonight because. You know, I'd, I'd rather people learn from my mistakes. Like, you know, if it's important to you, tether it. Because I, I, I'm a believer now. It's not a matter of if you're gonna you flip your kayak. It's a matter of when. Because, yeah, you know, I've had close calls, but I've never I'd never flipped before. And
1: now, one thing I was thinking about, um, like I noticed uh, in the uh, the. The paddle and fin bracket tournament final. Doodoo was wearing using a paddle leash, I think. At least it looked like to me he was. And I was thinking, you know, that was one of the things I did away with because um, I felt like that would just was too much of a tangle hazard. Um, yeah.
2: Well, there there are a lot of people out there that s- talk about. I believe we had somebody on talking about. I can't. I believe it was either Paul Strom or Juan Verruc. I can't remember which one it was, but I believe it was one of them that was talking about like they they're against leashes and all that because that's more stuff to get tangled up in. Mm. But, and I can agree to an extent, I don't use a paddle leash um, partly for that reason, but it's for, like the little stuff that's kind of out of the way of my legs and my body. You know, I, I use them for like, you know, my catchboard, it's going up under my seat so my legs should be clear before that's you know i didn't get tangled up in anything so i feel pretty confident in the leashes i do use um one one important thing is i i I keep my phone leased to my life jacket and it's like i could have lost the phone if i didn't have it leased to it so
1: I usually, I use a rogue tether for my phone, but, um, one of the straps ripped already. So, um, at least partially, so it doesn't hold it as tight as it really should. And I've had a couple times where I've just been taking pictures of fish and it pop out of it. Um, it's one of those that like the plastic just goes around the corner at four corners. Yeah. And, um, I've had it pop out of there a few times and I'm like, man, you know, I just, I guess I just need to get another one cause it's not that safe and, I, I've thought about, usually I I put it on my on my kayak, I attach it to my kayak, um, and I'm thinking, you know, now maybe I should have it on attached to my life jacket. So.
2: Yeah, I always keep mine in my left pocket on my life jacket, that's where I keep my phone. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never really liked the idea of that style uh, leash or whatever, like the part that goes over the phone like that. I like the ones that uh, that like go inside. You know, I always keep an OtterBox on mine, anyways, and you just put it inside there, and it's got a little thing that sticks out of your case, and uh, you know you can just hook it to that. Which I got a home. Mine's homemade. Mine's like an old credit card with like a little hair tie thing that I stole from my wife, and you know, just wrapped it around there and
1: do you just leave that in your case all the time then? That's the one thing I didn't know about that. Like,
2: um, I used to not. I used to take it out every time. You know, It didn't take but a second to like pop the rubber piece off of my phone tether and pull it out. Just leave it in my truck. Um, I've kind of gotten lazy and I've gotten used to it, so now I'll just kind of keep it on there and don't really bother me.
1: That's what I was wondering with an OtterBox. I know sometimes they're not super easy to take apart, but... But,
2: well, I don't actually put it all the way inside. I just put it underneath the rubber. You know, oh, okay. you, got the hard, you got the hard plastic part that goes around your phone that snaps in. Then you got the rubber part that just kind of comes on to top of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just okay. underneath the rubber and it, uh, have it coming out one of the bottom holes. Okay. But yeah. Um, you know, I, like I was saying earlier, it didn't really scare me, but like afterwards, as a, you know, I, I was gonna keep fishing till I real, you know, till I realized like my phone wasn't working and I lost my battery and all that. Other than that, I probably would have kept fishing, but uh, I was like, no, I, I just need to get home, get my phone on rice and all that. So as I was, like, pedaling back, um, I was thinking about, like, all the what-ifs, what could have happened and all that. And, you know, luckily, you know, I'm all right and everything's good other than, you know, my rod and a couple other things. And so, you know, when I got home, you know, I hugged my kids,
1: hugged my wife that's the one thing that scares me you know I I didn't fish the river as much of the lake initially because of that because moving water kind of still has you know and there's there's some fear there you know that uh maybe especially with my pedals sticking down now like before when there was nothing really sticking down I was like you know what I'm gonna bumper glide over most everything but now with my pedals sticking down I'm like all I could I could be just be casting get stuck on something and I'm gonna I'm worried about that and not paying attention to where I'm going to drift. And if I hit rocks underneath, you know, I can see how that would make you tip pretty easy. So that's actually, I mean, the river's slow right now. Um, so I, I, and slow and low. So I've actually been paddling more, um, and only peddling when I get tired or, or when I just want to get somewhere else quick. Um, and it's deep enough. Um, I've been fishing a lot of grass too, which, The pedals don't go through as well so that's another reason but um it's been in the back of my mind that um you know i do have to be a little more careful with those in the river uh at least on the hobie you know i can push um one foot forward and the other one the whole way back and then it pulls the fins up against the hull somewhat and i do have like a little the hobie comes with like this bungee that you can then put on the put on the, the pedal closest to you and it'll keep it up the fins up so that you don't have to hold it with your feet. Um, but even with that, it's still something that can catch on it. So,
2: yeah, I've uh, I've had a couple instances where like my drive bumps something in the river and it'll kind of like rock the kayak like that. But uh, you know, it hasn't been real bad. Um as far as like moving forward, you know, it's a kick up drive, so you know, if I hit something, you know, it it'll pop up. But uh I, I'm definitely gonna be more careful out on the water now. Like try to you know be less greedy. Got that
1: last cast. <laughs> uh It can happen fast, though. I mean, there's a million different ways you can get distracted, and it only takes two seconds of distraction, and you can be in a situation that you never saw coming. So,
2: Yeah, and it it happened fast. Like, I wasn't expecting to flip. I was expecting to, you know, hit the tree. It was mostly, like, dirt with, like, roots sticking out of it. And I, I was expecting to bump into that. But other than that, you know... Oh, one more thing that happened is, you know, on the Byte FD, it's got the steering handles on the left and the right side. Well, I only use the right side, but the left side, I don't know, the handle popped out and came loose or something, like the steering rod over there. So I haven't got to look like I'm going to have to take a cover off and look at it. Hopefully, it's not like broken and just something popped out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it don't it don't affect the kayak. It don't seem like because you know, I've got the other side and that's the side I still got the side that I use. So, uh, but you know, hopefully I can get it fixed back on
1: there. Interesting. Does that have yeah. a so that turns the rudder? That yeah. Okay. See, I there's been times going through grass and stuff where. Um, my rudder has gotten jammed with grass and it's not something you can reach from the kayak so i pretty much have to go someplace shallow and then hop out and go back and and pull it all out so um that has been, grass has been that's been a learning experience with the hobie um i'll be chugging along on the river paddling or pedaling pretty good and then all of a sudden you hit grass and it's like you've run through concrete it you know it, you know it slows you down oh. and then you're, you gotta really, if you pedal through it, you gotta, you really gotta pedal in it. And a lot of times the, like I can pull up my pedals and clear the grass off of those, but the rudder, just the way it pops down, it can get in that little, that hinge there and, and not let the rudder turn right. So, um, it's definitely been a learning experience. Uh, and that's why I, I started pedaling more.
2: I got a little cut on my finger from flipping too. I don't know what I, cut it on but kind of irritating right now <laughs> <laughs>
1: just uh, a little reminder
2: so what's the rudder like on the Outback?
1: like does it stick down below the kayak or it uh there's a there's like a pull tab that you release you it, when it when you want to stow it you pull this tab up and then lock it into a cleat and then it it pulls up against the hull and it, then it's no lower than the uh the keel of the kayak but then when you pop it free from that cleat and let the, the rope go, then it drops down so, and then, so that it can turn. So when it's down, it's it's probably, you know, 10, 12 inches below the, the bottom of the kayak. So Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty big. And, and like I said, the way it hinges there so that it can come up and down, when it's down um, and you go through grass, it can get wedged in that in that hinge and then it doesn't allow it to go side to side as easily like you can really feel it in the steering like all of a sudden i'll be trying to turn and it'll be really really tight because it's grinding against that grass in the hinge so either gotta you know get over to shore um, or uh you know sit there and pull the string a little bit to try and pop it up and down and try and get the grass out so
2: well, that's that's interesting because my rudder is flush with the bottom of my kayak
1: the whole time. And, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, and which that might be why you know the bite FDs have had issues with their turning radius. You know, or part of the reason why, anyways. Because a lot of people have talked about how they don't turn the greatest, and and they don't, but.
1: I was looking for a picture of the Hobie Outback rudder to see if I could find one that looks like sticking down. But uh, there's, that's kind of it. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. So, yeah, when it's down, like I said, you can kind of see that hinge there right in the middle. Grass can just get wedged in there, and then it it doesn't want to turn. So, but it does make the turning a lot sharper. So. I yeah, remember actually. I'm sure
2: you turn a lot
1: better than me. <laughs> one time I, I was in a hurry, too, putting in, and um, the Hobie has like this uh, piece of plastic that you hook under the back rail for, so that when you load and unload it, it doesn't damage the rudder. It sits on this hunk of plastic. It's like a little block um, um, that you use just for, transfer- for getting it on and off. And one time I was in such a hurry to get on the water, I forgot to take that um, block off. And then I couldn't get my rudder down. I'm like, why isn't it going down? And I look back, I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) So, Luckily, I was able to kind of crawl to the back of my kayak and pull it up so that I could drop the rudder. But uh, it definitely was a pain. I didn't make that mistake more than once.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't have been able to do that. That, I guess that's the advantage of, you know, being a
1: smaller dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've crawled. to. Just just, uh, yesterday, I had to crawl to the front. Because uh, I was I had my uh, inline spinner on and it got hooked in that front handle, and <laughs> I'm like yanking and pulling and it, it was through the rope so I had to kind of lay on my stomach and crawl up there and. I've, un-
2: I've I've had that happen before, but I had to pull over to the bank to get it off. Luckily now the bite FD's got the molded in handle, so you you ain't got to worry about that. Okay, yeah, and that it-
1: definitely happens with the Hobie a lot. Um. I actually so you gotta... lost a bass because of that because I, I had him – I was reeling him up, and he came up right at, up at the front and uh, right through that – right by the handle. The hook – one hook got caught on the handle, and he flipped off. I actually missed four bass yesterday. I had, I had caught six, but I missed four. So um, all either jumping or getting off, so – I don't. I don't. I don't know what my. I think I'm. I'm not hook setting properly with that inline spinner. Now the hook's small. Um, and that the 15 inch I caught I lucked out because it was right in the corner of his mouth and it was just hanging on by a little skin. You know, if he would have went any different direction, he probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have got him in the boat. But uh, for whatever reason, he came straight to me. So.
2: And you caught a couple fish on that uh, Jody Queen special.
1: I a did. Yep, last week, didn't you? I had never caught a bass on a, a, a spinner bait. And, um, so I was kind of thinking, you know, I've been catching a lot of catfish on the, the inline spinner and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I should throw the, the, the regular spinner bait and maybe I'll, you know, stay away from the catfish a little bit. Um, so I, mi- I started mixing that in and actually, like I said, when I, I think the 13 inch I caught was actually on the, uh, the spinner bait, the big one was on the inline spinner, but the, Uh, Two of the other ones, um, I think there was a 12 and a quarter and a 13, and both of those came on the spinnerbait. So that was neat. I was pumped that, uh, you know, I tried something new, and it worked. And that was using exactly what he said. I I got the exact spinnerbait, he said, and even changed the top blade like he said. Uh, So uh, Jody Queen's juice is the real deal, man.
2: (laughs) Hey, I'm still waiting on mine. Tuesday. (laughs) So. uh... So, uh, you got anything coming up? Like, when's your next outing?
1: (sighs) I have no clue. I want to survive this first week of school.
2: (laughs) When 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 does it start?
1: Well, the ninth graders go back tomorrow, um, and then the tenth and twelfth graders go back on Thursday. So, the ninth graders have three days on site without the twelfth or the upperclassmen. So, but I have to. I'm I have a ninth grade homeroom, so I start tomorrow
2: the freshmen get to avoid the swir- the swirlies for yeah, a few days. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> they said they've
1: always wanted to do a uh, freshman orientation like this and COVID finally gave them the opportunity. So um, so that's how it's working with us. So it'll be an interesting week for sure. So,
2: Well, good luck with that.
1: Thank you, thank you. <laughs>
2: um, I'm off all week. Wow. I, was, I, I was off this past week and I'm off this week. See usually we have a two week shutdown at my work every summer around the 4th of July. But with, uh, the whole COVID thing, us being off work for three months, they moved our shutdown to now last week and this coming week. And, uh, so, you know, this coming up weekend, um, is the, it's a two day event Saturday and Sunday. Um, at uh percy priest lake with well it's the final uh the final event for kbftn and and it's in conjunction with the first event of the year for uh the ckt the cumberland kayak trail they do they do kind of like a fall thing and uh i'm wanting to hit that pretty hard you know last year i was wanting to do it because they do i assume they'll still do the same this year i don't know for sure but last year it was three fish limits and i feel a little more comfortable with that than five fish limits Mm -hmm. so i was wanting to do it last year but uh but you know kids were in sports and all that well now with covid kids ain't in sports uh pretty much all the sports around here have been canceled in my town. So, uh, y'all yeah, want to take that opportunity and try to hit this trail real hard. So, they, they'll, they'll be doing events like every two weeks through like November, I think. Okay. And uh, the their first one will be this weekend, a two day event. I'm not sure, 100% sure on the details. All I know is it's on Percy Priest Lake and it's in conjunction with KBF10's uh final event of the year the season closing so i plan on you know hitting that probably gonna get out one or two days this week do a little pre-fishing and uh hopefully i can get a new battery in time for uh my fish finder let me see if it's working yeah hopefully it works when i get a battery (laughs)
1: I, uh, I, my, the fish I caught on, uh, yesterday actually gave me my limit for the, uh, September news tournament. So August. I was happy about that. Or August. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not September. But I noticed, I looked at the standings yesterday and, uh, Susie's sitting in ninth. So there's quite a few people ahead of her. I was oh. surprised. So, um, and the number one, Paul Gorley has like 103.75 inches. Wow. So, yeah, how's that for a month? And Susie's sitting at 84, so. Wow. Uh, I'm up to 68 with uh, the fish I caught yesterday, but still, I was like, when I saw where Susie was, I was like, okay, I don't feel so bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Man, she, she needs to, you know, step it up and get on up there <laughs> because, because I know what's going to happen if she stays where she's at brian ain't gonna say anything to her and i'm gonna be mad like you gave me all kinds of hell about it but uh, not susie you know equality yeah. okay Equality. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so yeah so I, I was happy about that but um i i just noticed i saw something on facebook today about a a three fish limit kayak thing for september the month of september for my local area So I was thinking about giving that a try, depending on how busy I am. Uh, But uh, I think I can catch three fish in a month, so I might give that a try.
2: You know, speaking of Susie, you know, I almost thought about asking her if she wanted to come on here with us tonight, since she just recently flipped her uh, Hobie. Right. And, uh, you know, I figured maybe she'd throw some light on this, too. But, you know, it's kind of... It would have been last minute I didn't want to put that on her
1: but uh, I believe she talked about that a little bit in one of her episodes so yeah if you can uh, flip a uh hobie you know pro angular then you know yeah yeah anything can happen I think hers was because her drive got stuck or something right if I remember correctly I think her drive malfunctioned and
2: uh came and threw a big w-
1: what's that Sorry, oh he
2: froze up on me. He uh, okay. froze up on me for a second but yeah, something went to drive, and then also, like a, I think a boat went by and threw a you. big wake on her.
1: Okay.
2: And and like the drive wasn't working, so she couldn't position herself for the wake or something like that.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, I'm still behind
1: on episodes. So oh, I'm getting way behind now. So. Dude. I don't I, have an hour drive anymore. So. <laughs> you know, I, I listen. Uh, I listen to our
2: podcasts at work. And I was off for that three months, and I listened to a couple while I was off, but I was really far behind. Now I went back to work for you know a couple months before this shut down, and you know uh, I could have easily had them all listened to, but like I didn't listen to them constantly while I was at work, so I still had. I think I was behind like twelve or thirteen episodes still. Whenever, uh, whenever. I finished like on that last Friday I worked. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now I'm behind all last week and I'll be behind all this week too. So (laughs) several more.
1: That makes it tough to catch up. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I've I've been trying to watch the live ones at night. If I can catch them that way, I I don't have to try and catch up on those, but I haven't always done that either. So, and now we got so many, uh, you know, it's, Definitely tough to find the time to listen to it. Yeah,
2: them all. and and not to mention, you know, if you try to watch the Monday Night Live, you know, Dan and Jimmy are just so ugly, and then Brian's <laughs> ugly. You know, it's hard to watch them. You know, now that now that Jay's back on the OG show, it's somewhat watchable. But you know, you, you when it was just Brian, right. yeah, when it was just <laughs> Brian. Oh, yeah. oh my! Uh, but yeah, man. So we're coming up close to an hour here. Yeah, uh, I feel like we uh, covered some stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad uh, that you're okay, first of all. You know, Thank material you. things can be replaced, obviously, like you said. Uh, but uh, the important thing is you have a lesson to take away from it and, um, you know, that you survived and everything's good, that uh, hopefully your phone and stuff survives. But, uh, you know,
0: I'm going to go check uh,
1: it as soon as we get done with this. Well, I was going to tell you be careful with that because if it's going on off and on, that means that probably means it's still in there, and and turning it back on could actually be, make it worse. So it almost might be better to let it off for a little bit, let the rice do its thing. But well,
2: I, I was gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna turn it on myself.
1: Oh, okay. but Like
2: since it was cutting itself on and going off, I was gonna see if it happened to turn itself on. Okay. And oh go from there.
1: Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys learned something. Um, like I said, uh, if we can make the expensive mistakes that, so that you don't have to, that's, that's, uh, definitely something we want to do. Um, so be safe out there. Um, wear your PFD. Um, yes. And, uh, Cause you never know what's going to happen. So, this has been the Bass Fishing Renewed segment on the Paddle and Fit Podcast where we bring you the techniques, the trips, and the tick tech... Ah, screw <laughs> up. <laughs> the tricks The tricks and tips to help you rip more lips. <laughs> Later, y'all. See ya.
3: on all your jig and tackle needs.